Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. You can find more of them like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcast. Simply search the KYMN Radio Podcast. And quickly flew away. 
look and then they flew On July 8, 1947, the United States Air Force 509th Operations Group, based out of the Army Airfield in Roswell, New Mexico, issued a press release stating they had recovered a flying saucer that had crash-landed on a ranch about 30 miles outside of Roswell. Two days later, a second press release stated that the recovered disc was a weather balloon and the incident was forgotten until the late 70s when a retired high-ranking officer gave an interview stating that the weather balloon story was a cover-up. Then in 1980, Charles Berlitz and William L. Moore published their book, The Roswell Incident, and soon the story became legend. An alien craft had been studying humanity and its newly developed nuclear weapons technology when it was struck by lightning, killing the aliens. The recovered flying saucer and the bodies of the dead aliens were whisked away to the shadowy secret military base in Nevada known as Area 51, where the military still hides the secret alien technology to this very day. The Roswell Incident is the most famous UFO in Counter in history. It has become the foundation of UFO mythology, spawning books, movies, TV shows, and yes, even songs. Whether one actually believes the stories or not is irrelevant. Roswell is, alongside the JFK assassination, the mother of all conspiracy theories. Without it, there would be a giant void in international pop culture. How would we know what the aliens look like if not for the secret photographs and surreptitiously filmed autopsy performed on the expired visitors? Would Steven Spielberg and George Lucas have their monster hit movies about aliens visiting the Earth and life in another galaxy if not for the plausible belief that such things were possible? Would David Duchovny have a career if not for the intrinsic mistrust generated by the widely known cover-up? Would Donald Trump have even become president? We will never have answers to those questions. What we do have is the keen interest of the public and one of the more interesting artistic muses of the last 75 years. So tonight, on the anniversary of that historic press release, we are going to explore the world, or beyond, of aliens and science fiction through music. And your hosts, being the gigantic nerds that we are, will discuss in enthusiastic detail our thoughts on extraterrestrial life, unidentified flying objects, fantasies of wild technology and futuristic societies, and why the truth is still out there. My name is Rich Larson. His name is Daniel G. Moyer. This is The Weekly List. Well, good evening, everybody. You're listening to AM 1080 and FM 95.1, The One, in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. Did I say 95.1, The One, FM? Did I say that? Yeah, I believe you did. Okay, all right, all right. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of The Weekly List. I think it's funny, joining us. I'm just kind of playing around with words like we were falling apart, so we've been joined joining us i'm just reinterpreting the sentence just to be i you could make the case that we were once siamese twins who were yeah i I would think that's you know very fair you know you know i mean really i i bring this up because this is going to be spot on we're gonna both be geeks 
This is a Nerdville show. So bad tonight. So bad. So bad. So if, I was if, already quoting Star Wars while we were listening to that. Were you really? <laughs> you, may, we, you will never find oh, that's right, that's right, a more wretched hive of scum, scum and, vil- and villainy. We must be cautious. <sighs> yeah, so. Yeah. 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 Watched you, a little okay. bit of Blade Runner this past Sweet. week. Just because, you know, that's just what I do. Get in the mood. Got to get the thing. Yeah. All right. So do you believe in UFOs? Absolutely do. Do you believe in alien life? Yes, I do. All right, me too. I mean, look, there's billions of planets out there. I think even, I think even the, if like a small percentage of are capable of it, yeah. and a small percentage of that, the universe is so vast. Of course, there's somebody out there. If the, I, if the universe is like never ending, it's pretty arrogant for human beings to believe that <laughs> we are the only intelligent life in in like that the entire like yeah. never ending expanse. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we are. We are an arrogant race to begin. Absolutely, with, but, we are. Um, <laughs> I was just about to say something really interesting. I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, nuts. Well, we've got so many geeky ideas flitting around in my head. That's what they all are. We wouldn't be doing this show if we weren't nerds. So you went with Ella Fitzgerald to start. Okay, go into this. I'm fascinated by this. So many of these songs uh, are about how life on Earth is really messed up. Uh-huh. And I just want the aliens to come and get me, right, and take me away. Right? <laughs> that one—that's not. I want the aliens to come and get me, but it's like the aliens got here and went, "What? Ew!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they stepped in something. Exactly. Like, oh, exactly. And it just—it sets up. It just sets up the show so well. Like, I mean, these, these songs are not. Some of them are dystopian. Some of them are apocalyptic. Yeah. But some, so many of them are just. Yeah, Earth is really messed up. Kind of a WTF. Yeah, exactly. Kind of point. Exactly. And beyond that, I love Ella Fitzgerald. Hey, so. you know, and I was taken aback. I didn't know the, that song. The so. really funny part about that that song was recorded for a children's album, an album of children's music. That really, she made. and you know, you listen to those lyrics. Those aren't really children's no music lyrics. No, no. That, I mean, it's a pretty sophisticated song. It when is. it goes to, I, I like the fact that they mentioned baseball. Games, me too. So, yeah, me I mean, too. But they kind of diss baseball. I know, but you know, still, it was a fun little song. And yeah. kudos to you. That I, I honest, honestly, had not heard that song before. So that was kind of a little just, treat for it me. It just really sets the whole thing. Yeah, the whole it does. Show up. So, so and that's yeah. that's going to be what this is about. Yep. I mean, there's no two ways around it. Um, both Rich and I are geeks. Both Rich and I dig science fiction, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I did the whole thing as a kid. You know, I there was a period of time when I was really young. I honestly believed that the Star Trek Enterprise, that was all real. Oh. And that there was an Enterprise. I wow. understood it was a TV show. Sure. But it was like, okay, wow, yeah, that's so cool. And, you know... We can, yeah, yeah. Just, well, okay. I mean, I, well, I, I, how do you know it's not real? In, exactly. In, in five hundred years well, or whatever you know, it's going to be. And, and I the, mean, we live we live less than five hundred miles away from the birthplace of of uh, James T. Kirk. Exactly. He in was Iowa. born in Iowa. Yeah. yeah. That's fact. or he will be born. He, he in will Iowa. be. Yeah. He will be. Well, and and I think some of this, I I guess it always seemed natural that there would be something like that because I remember. Honest to God, this is a true story. When I lived in Virginia Beach the first time, mm-hmm. I was like a kindergarten, first grade. I remember being outside, and I actually saw a UFO. And oh, really? I swear to God. Oh, really? Because I remember sitting there and looking up in the sky, and there was this thing that went by, and it went from my right to my left really slowly, and it had all of these colored lights on it. Oh, really? That were moving. How, high, these... how high up was it? 
I don't think it was that high. Interesting. I mean, it seemed like it was kind of a low-flying thing, just going over. And I remember very distinctly feeling like, that's a UFO. Did it make a noise? Did it go, bum, 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 no. bum, bum? No, it made no sound. Wow. It was absolutely dead silent. Wow. And it went over. You know, like like aliens really have something to do with Great Meadows Court in Virginia Beach, Virginia in right. like 1972. But, but, did, but you, you know, did you not live near a naval base? Yeah. Right? You know, Virginia Beach is all yeah. about naval bases. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it would make sense that they're yeah. going to go check out the military apparatus sure. there. That's what they're doing. I mean, it's the man. Mid-Atlantic Fleet. Yeah. So I bought into all of that kind of, and I to this day, I still have hazy memories of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I did see an actual UFO. Well, I mean, the government, is, <laughs> the government has uh, now, like the military has has released all these videos. They have stopped just short of saying these are alien. This is alien technology. Like they're, what they're saying is, we don't know what this is. Well, that's yeah, unidentified yeah. flying object. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what is it? Well, yeah, that, we don't know. It's a far cry from saying these are visitors from outer space. Yeah, but is. they are saying we don't we don't know what this is. Yeah, we don't know. That's a telling sign right there. You know, Ed, to our previous point, um, is it theoretically possible? Yeah, absolutely. I think you you work the numbers, you work the odds and the stats. I think that there's possible. You know stuff there, and one of my favorite movies that deals with this is the movie Contact. Jodie yeah, Foster, great. I love that movie. Great, and it great kind movie. of explains yeah. a lot of things. And yeah. the ending line—I'm not going to give away the movie, but see that movie. That's a really—it asks it, a lot of questions, you, and it opens even more questions. It's a good movie. It's kind of a long movie, and it you kind of have to be patient with that movie. And you have to be willing to put up with Matthew McConaughey if you don't like Matthew McConaughey. I like Matthew McConaughey. I have no problem with Matthew McConaughey. Dude sits there and plays bongos, dude, when the police come. You know, you you got to get some support on that one. And and this is when Matthew McConaughey was at his most beautiful and was trying to be a serious actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, all right, all All right, right. all right. Actually, Matthew McConaughey in the first uh, season of True Detective, holy man. That's amazing. Okay. That's that's great. But anyway, okay. Anyhow. Jodie Foster's great. John yeah. Hurt's great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, good movie. Yeah. So uh, okay. Uh, so next up, oh, uh, James James Wooden is that James Woods? James Woods, yes. I hate James Woods. Oh, God. I hate James. He's dead now, and I'm okay <laughs> <God>. with that. <laughs> James Woods was a creep. <laughs> Okay. All right. So that was Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. And so uh, next, this is off of Cheryl Crow's self-titled record, which yep. was her second. Yep. Actually, it's really her third because she had recorded an album that was a self-titled album in 1985 with Hugh, pa- Hugh Padgham. Did she really? Yes. I've got a copy of it. Is it, is it an 80s pop? pop oh, yeah. It, it's a Hugh Padgham sounding record. Hugh Padgham, of course, who, who uh, produced Phil Collins and he produced yep. The Police. Yep. Yeah, he was He was actually... He, the most successful producer yeah, in the Yeah, she had something that would have been a hit, and I hear it, and it would have been a big hit in 1985, and she shelved it. You think everything should this, be a hit. This honestly would have been, but you it would have changed. Every, she would have, you think it would have been a disposable I w- career. I would like to hear it. You think everything should be a hit. This one I do. I could pick out the singles on it. Well, My ears are not wrong, Rich. From okay. 1996, <laughs> I want to say. Yeah, I was. I saw this tour. This was a good tour. I've never seen Show Crow, and it's oh, one, of, one of the great regrets of my life. From 1996, this is the the uh, opening song on Show yep. Crow's first uh, or her self titled album. This is maybe Angels on 95.1 KYMN, the one.
Sir. You know, I know that I am given to uh, uh, hyperbole, hyperbole and, and exagger- exaggeration. No, Rich. But you? when when I tell you 
<laughs> that D- the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by David Bowie is one of the best albums ever made. I'm not kidding. No, you're not. That's that that is that was the immortal David Bowie yeah. off of Ziggy Stardust and, and the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust on Spiders from Mars with Starman. I mean, I I, I, I was kind of curious because here's the thing: Bowie has got so many science fiction related stuff. I found out he actually was admitted to the Science Fiction Hall of Fame in June 2013. You know why? Why? Because he was an alien. That's right. He was Loving the, the alien. Not a great song. He was the man who fell to Earth. He was. He was from, Bowie was from outer space. He was from outer space. Also, you know, we know that Major Tom's a junkie. Yes, we do. Yes. I mean, there's. I, I was kind of curious as to going, okay, because you said last week, leave the Bowie to me. Because right. we're obviously, we're going to put on some right. Bowie in this. Right. And I'm like, okay, so... And I, I spent a bunch of time going, what song is Rich going to pick? Because there's like dozens of them. Yeah. Yeah, but it had to be. It had to from be the ri- rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And I have like I'm like throughout the course of the show over two years, I am um, slowly but surely playing that entire album <laughs> one piece at a time. And I still haven't played my favorite songs from that album yet. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm not even going to ask. I might. There's a chance you're going to be off next week. Yeah. There's a chance I might play. It's not my favorite song from that album, but one of my favorite songs next next week from from Ziggy Stardust. We'll see. Okay, because I love the song uh, um, "Life on Mars." I love "Life on that's Mars." A, I was kind of wondering which if you is, were going to go with on, that, which is on Hunky Dory. It's not. Well, I know, yeah, 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 but but that was kind of my science fiction Bowie song. That I, you I know, I, I think I've played "Life on Mars" on the show a couple of times. Oh, okay. So, so okay, then that actually, makes sense. You know, the, the what the most played song on the weekly list is. Um, tangled up in blue. <laughs> One would think. No, it's heroes. Oh, I think over the course of two years we've played heroes seven times. Wow! And it's because it's just so appropriate. It's a great so song. So many the, the, the different uh, shows. We've so done. I mean, Bowie. He was one of those guys. I remember when Black Star came out. Um, he had pu- <laughs> he had put out the next that day. Was a before. weird weekend. Dude. It was a very weird weekend because he had done the next day, which I always thought was kind of a nice little summation yep. of everything that he had done. And so then when he dropped Blackstar, he, it came out on a Friday, which was his birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was gobsmacked by it. I spent the entire weekend listening to it constantly. And I remember waking up... Um, Sunday morning. Sunday morning. And the ex came in, and she knew I was just raving about this record, mm-hmm. and I was drooling over it. And she said, by the way, did you know David Bowie died? And I said, that's not even funny. Right. And she goes, no, it's serious. And she handed me, you know, like a phone. And I'm, I, to this day, I'm still freaked out by that. It's I, almost, and the song Lazarus off that. Yeah. It's like he knew everything. I, I, uh, I, I won't, I won't forget it. I, um, I, I woke up that morning and I get, you know, I get my iPhone, I get yeah. notifications and stuff. And there was one notification on my phone and it just said, rock star David Bowie has died at, what or seventy, what or yeah. sixty, whatever he was, and and like I'm just, it was I was hazy, I was still, so I just you know I looked at it, and went oh what a drag, and then like over the next five minutes, this then it news sunk in. like kept hitting me like wave after wave like, and within ten minutes I'm like, oh my god, David Bowie died. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that last album, Black Star, he yeah. literally saw the future on that one. I mean, so much so, and we'll talk about this, what album art and stuff like that, 
that album, that cover is yeah. designed in such a way using print inks and things like yeah. that, yeah. that as the season changes, the album changes. It's just crazy. I mean, it's it's creepy how they designed that record. Right. You know, but yeah. I can't listen to that record anymore. I listened to it, to it for de- to death, and when the news came out that he died, I had to write a review. I think I had to write it for Southern Minnesota Scene. You might have. And, and I remember have, writing yeah. a review, and as soon as I sent that review in, I went, I can never hear this record again, and I haven't listened to it since. Wow. Um, yeah, but it's still. We've played Lazarus on the song a couple of times, on the show a couple yeah. of times too. Oh god, yeah, the whole thing. All right. Okay. So, so anyway, so we we go from one di- great dead rock star to another. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, okay, the song that we're going to play is Thirty Nine yeah, by Queen. Queen, and a very rare Brian May vocal. Yes, this is a Brian May song. He this wrote doesn't this. surprise me at all that you picked this. this, oh, uh, it, this song, by the way. <laughs> well, if if I was going to make a Here's a 10-song playlist of Queen. Mm-hmm. This song would definitely be on it. Why? Um, for it's, a number of things. It's not it's not all that representative of their No, it's their, it's not. And this is this work. is what I loved about Queen. Queen was such a unique band. They would go into all kinds of areas. They're honestly um if the Beatles are the most significant British band, I would say Queen is the next one. Well, in my opinion. You're completely wrong about that. But <laughs> but l- let me ask you this question. In that te- list of ten Queen songs, is Bohemian Rhapsody on that on that list? Um, probably. Okay, well, thank God. I, I, I halfway. Mean, oh expected, no, I I know. I halfway expected you to tell me no, and then I was going to lose my mind. Yeah, no. I mean, there's that's an undeniable song. That's almost too obvious. No, it's it's fundamental. <laughs> you, it, it, it's 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 the I, foundation. I, some, of sometimes everything. I have to make the assumption that some people have already heard that. You want you want to make a list of representative. Uh. Okay, okay. So the reason that I picked thirty nine. Yeah. And some people are going to hear this and they're going to go, "Well, wait a minute. It sounds like it's this folk song." Right. And what does this have to do with science fiction? And aha, this aha. is where it gets interesting. Twenty thirty nine. Pardon. Twenty thirty nine. No, not even that. That's not what's interesting about this. Okay. When you listen to this. Brian May, and a lot of people don't know, Queen is probably one of the most educated bands in the universe. Brian May has a PhD in... Astrophysics. Astrophysics. The Hubble Telescope utilizes his design of a mirror in order to capture the images. That's Brian May has got the patent on that. That's That's his design. He's got a PhD in astrophysics. So what this song is about, it's about... Whatever year, ending in 39, and they don't identify, was it 2039, 2139, 2230? It doesn't matter. You see, you see 39, you think 1939. Right. That's that, exactly, because that the sound that, of right, it right, sounds right. like 1939. And it sounds like, first verse, it sounds like, you know, we're marching off to war. And yes, all that. Yeah. exactly. That's not what happens. Yeah. You've got a group of people that get into a spaceship, and they go yep. out into space. Yep. And the idea is that they're going to be gone for a year. Right. However... Because of Brian May looking at this, he's <laughs> utilizing part of Einstein's theory of relativity. It's the time dilation effect, where the closer you get to black holes, time changes. So for them, when the, when the space travelers come back, to them, one year has passed. But on Earth, 100 years have passed. Wow. So everybody that they know, everybody that they love, 
is now dead. It's Planet of the Apes. It is, exactly. And so to the land our grandchildren knew. Mm-hmm. That's where that line comes from. It's also, if you see the movie Interstellar, I know that that was a big hit. It kind of I never saw Interstellar. Okay, it kind of laid and, flat on me. But I, there was I, a point yeah, where I, they go I, on... T- I don't want you to spoil anything. No, no, no. But Again, th- there's a fundamental part. This is not not going to spoil anything. But there's one point where a group has to go down to this planet's surface that's close to a black hole. They are gone from the spaceship for one hour, but seven years pass. Wow. And it becomes this kind of whole thing. And when they come back, they're, they're older. Yeah. And they've only been gone for one hour. So wow. that's the time dilation effect. And this, is, this has been brought up in, you know, you mentioned Planet of the Apes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he took a real theory. And this is 1975 when uh, Night at the Opera came out. So that's what this entire song is about. And I only explain this up ahead so that when you're listening to it, that you're not going, what the heck is this for a science fiction? This is why it's a time travel tragedy, really. Okay. So from Queen's landmark album, A Night at the Opera. Another one that every person should own, that record. This is Brian May and Queen. With 39, a 95.1 KYMN, the one.
pity me. From the 1969 album, Willie and the Poor Boys, that was Credence. Wow, Clearwater Revival with It Came From Out of the Sky. Wow, man. We're, we're talking uh, before we started recording tonight that, you know, I've always, anyone who'll listen, I, I've always said that Led Zeppelin probably had the best 1969 of any band because they released Zeppelin 1 and Zeppelin 2. In and, and then, and then you pointed out to yep, me, Bayou Country came out January third, nineteen sixty nine. Then, um, what was uh, Green River? Green River came out April sixth or something like that, the same year. And then Willie and the Poor Boys came out November third, nineteen sixty nine. Holy cow! Those three records, Creedence Clearwater Revival, made the Hall of Fame on the strength of those three records. Yes, and then about seven months later, they followed up with Cosmos, Cosmos Factory yeah, in yeah, July of seventy. Yeah, yeah, who does that? Creedence Clearwater Revival. I guess so. 
when man when John Fogarty was in his prime, holy moly! Yeah, well, you you got me. You mentioned this song. You know, it came out from the sky. Or it came out of the sky. Which is a fantastic song, and yeah. I still don't know exactly, precisely what came out of the sky, but the Vatican wanted it. Yeah, the, they, 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 they never, they, they never, never say. He never completely, but you know, I, I, I mean, he's got Spiro Agnew, in, yeah. uh, and they're wanting to raise taxes on Mars. He's got, he's got Ronald Reagan. I know. In there, call it a communist plot. Exactly. Which is, you know, at that point, Reagan was the governor of California. Yes. I just, I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many pieces about this that yeah. are just riotous to and, me, and, and the whole thing. You know, it's mine. You can. Have have it for 17 million it, it's just fogarty's take fogarty, fogarty's beautifully cynical take on the state of america oh at, set against you know ufos yeah exactly yeah. and so, at one hell of a guitar line. oh man so anyhow that yeah. got me to listen to willie and the poor, poor boys from it's a, you hard, know, it's it, a it's, hard name to say it, it is willie and the poor boys. willie and the poor boys <laughs> willie the, look at that i got it like saliving everywhere but um Great record, and I yeah. I forgot. You know, I was like, wow, it starts out with out in the corner. It's got fortunate son on it, and then it's got all these fun little songs. I mean, it's oh, brilliant. Fortunate son. So, oh my god, yeah. So yeah. anyhow, that was all that. Right. All right. So, um, tell me about Rush. Okay. And, and you're going to make a statement that I'm going to mock you for. Okay. I am going to have the belief. First of all, you're not going to let me play. Uh, they, Rush has two masterpieces. The first one was their first or their fourth album, which is twenty one twelve. Yes, you will get no argument from me there. Okay, that's a brilliant piece of work. There's no way that I can play anything from twenty one twelve because twenty one twelve is a song story that you have to play the whole part. What are you going to play? With you know, and Temple of Syrinx? No, you can't and, play and the it's, intro. And you it's, can't. It's a, it's a double album too, so you have to. Carve no, no, it's, it's a sing, no. It's it, just it side. Feel, it it's just, just it, side one. It feels like a double. Twenty one twelve is just side one. It's about twenty one minutes long. Okay. It's probably 21 minutes and 12 seconds long, for all I know. Probably it is. So then, anyhow, the last album that they ever recorded was Clockwork Angels, and it came out on uh, July 12th, 2012, okay? Or June 12th, 2012. That, in my opinion, is their second great masterwork. I have something to say about that. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Okay, if you look at the clock... Wait, wait, wait. I'm not even going to say that that's a bad album, right? Okay. Moving Pictures... Moving Pictures was, is a good was, record. It was a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece, but it is not Clockwork Angels. Clockwork Angels is a consistent work from start to finish. We're going to play the song Caravan, which I know that you're not going to like and you're going to pee on. Not, not, a but, good, not my favorite Rush song. Okay, that's fine. It sets up the whole story. And this is a steampunk story. And I guess part of it is I'm a big fan of steampunk. Always have been. Love the stuff. You know, that whole Victorian era where, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's based upon this story. I um, think you like just like anything with the word punk in it. Yeah, you kind of do cyberpunk and all that. Kind of. You know, so, you, you're not punk rock. You know that, right? Um. Anyhow, I'm more... <laughs> I'm not even. We're not going to get into that right now because you're the world's oldest teenager. Yeah, we're not going to get into this. But so anyhow, the thing that I liked about this is it was Rush at this point should have been resting on their laurels, doing nothing, and they released an ambitious record. Yes, very ambitious that attempted to do an entire story. So much so that Neil Peart worked with Kevin J. Anderson, who is a noted steampunk author. I want you to to say. I want you to say this with me, Neil Peart. New Pert. Pert. Pear with a T. Okay. Pert. Pert. Okay. So anyhow, Neil works with a leading <laughs> steampunk author, and they put out as a book. Then it also comes out as a graphic novel. 
the, I saw the tour. The tour was all about this, and they had filmed sections of it and telling this whole story. And I just, on the cover, and I thought that this, this is how nerdy some of the Rush fans can get. There's a clock, of course. Mm-hmm. What time is on the clock? 9, 12. PM. Now, if you put that into military time, you have 21, 12. I just thought it was funny. From the year 2012, this is Rush with Caravan a 95.1 KYMN the Uxi
from their 2000 Kid A album. That was Radiohead with the song How to Disappear Completely. And now we're going to hear Rich savagely rip apart Radiohead. And I'm going to calmly listen because I've promised people that I will not get into a fight tonight. Radiohead is a hot bud topic. So I'm going to let Turn it over, Rich. Rich, you say whatever you want to say. What were the what were the uh, the names of the, those two characters in in Footloose? Uh, uh, Chris Penn and and uh, and Tracy Pollock. They 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 were dating, and and Rusty was was the girl. Yeah, Tracy Pollock. I can't remember. Was it Wilford or uh, Willard? Willard. Willard. Willard promised Rusty that he wouldn't fight. Promised that he wouldn't fight. And then he's getting the crap kicked out of him, and he looks at Rusty, and she's like, "Kick his ass." <laughs> <laughs> Are are you trying to egg me on? I'm I'm okay. I'm shutting up. I'm I I felt myself getting hot there for a minute. I'm not even going to savagely rip Radiohead because I can't even get worked up about them because Radiohead leaves me cold. I I I can't even say that I hate Radiohead because I just feel nothing. I their first two albums were great. Pablo Honey. And the Benz. And the Benz. Fantastic album. Fake Plastic Trees is a perfect pop song, man. It's, it's phenomenal. And then they became, in my personal opinion, one of the most overrated bands in the history of recorded music. Because starting with OK Computer, I, I am mystified. This, song, this, this music has nothing. This music has no life to it. This music has no soul to it. This music has nothing. It, it, and I look... I get it. Like, I'm not tone deaf, right? I understand that people like it. But what I've come to believe is that they're not really as popular as uh, pop culture would lead you to believe. The people who like Radiohead really like Radiohead. But there aren't as many of you out there as you think there are. And I, I just, I don't, I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I, I've tried with Radiohead and I keep trying and it doesn't work. It is cold. It is lifeless. It is, it is boring. It is, it, it, (sighs) you feel better? I don't, I feel nothing. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. There's a number of things that you said that I do agree with you. Um, you didn't use the word sterile. It is sterile. Okay. I'm, I was, I was kind of waiting for that, but anyhow, um, I think you're right on a number of these things. There are not as many Radiohead fans out there as one would be led to believe. Right. They're going to be a critic's favorite band, mm-hmm. definitely. And mm-hmm. I'm listening to it from a critic's point of view. I'm also listening. I'm listening to it with a number of and years. I will accuse critics of not understanding this music either. And because they don't get it, they think it must be brilliant. Okay, so I was patient, and I let you have your thing. Okay, I get I get my time now. Okay, okay. All right. So anyhow, anyhow, oh, Rich even turned off his microphone. The microphone's not on. Okay. Here's the thing with Radiohead. You're absolutely right. They have probably a very select audience. I'm the I'm a giant Radiohead fan, and I love the Benz Onward. I don't own, nor will I ever own, a copy of Pablo Honey. I never. Not ever. Because that's and you'll go and say, well, that was kind of their grunge thing. Yeah, okay. Um, this album is a concept album. It's about the first artificially created human or clone or whatever, and it's known as Kid A. This whole record 
to me sounds like anguish. It sounds like ache. And so the song How to Disappear Completely, just it sounds like that to me. I get this feeling, especially the last 30 seconds, when he does the, ah, you know, with his high voice, and the, it feels like the bottom gets dropped out. Not like he's taking flight. It's like the entire floor gets removed from him. That's a feel that I get. Now, I understand it's going to be a critics band. A lot of people are going to name check Radiohead because it makes them feel cool. And this is something, it, you're either going to get it or you're not. And that's really about it with Radiohead. And it's it's kind of like a divide. And, you know, I I understand. There's going to be a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people that listen to this now and then went, well, that's Radiohead? What is it? It's a bunch of junk. And I understand that. And that's totally a permissible feeling. Not all music is for everybody. Radiohead is something that's for a very select audience. Um I guess I'm glad that I'm part of that select audience. So that's it. And I love this song. It's it's it sounds like waves to me. So I love it. In two weeks, when the, the next time we do a show together, I'm playing creep. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. Finally, a Radiohead song that you can identify with. What do you mean? Well. Finally, that was the first Radiohead uh, song okay. I ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And they changed, Rich. I'm sorry, they changed from that. Look, I they, bands are allowed to change. Yeah. I'm allowed to not follow them. That's true. That's very true. Totally allowed to evolve. <laughs> Just, you know, evolve into something. That you like. <laughs> evolve into something that, that, that resembles music. Oh, or revolve okay. into something that, like, has a pulse. Okay. I'm just saying, radio, I radio, keep saying revolve. Radiohead, evolve, Pink evolve. Floyd. Will you stop saying that? I'm trying not to get into a fight. I know, but I and, mentioned, you, and, and and so then you go and make a stupid <laughs> comment like that. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about beer. That's the one thing that does unite us right now. What time is it, Danny? It is time for Rich's Haiku Corner. I think I feel like we need like an official like uh, like, like a theme song, th- yeah, like a whole little little like Played on intro intro thing that we can play. Drop in and you know. Yeah, we need time that. now for. And this is Haiku Rich. How, how many are you Here dropping now is tonight? Your host Haiku Rich. Uh, we have three tonight. Well, three. Okay, yeah. good. All right. Okay. It's so dark and cold. A void. No soul. Nothing there. It's Radiohead. That's not even funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's Radiohead. <laughs> that was not. I'm like, where are you going? And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh crap! That's he's going there. I felt like I was targeted. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna. I just, I just spent five minutes setting up that haiku. <laughs> That's not even funny, man. That was a lousy haiku. All right. Actually, I thought it was pretty good, but <laughs> green guys, come visit. My planet is so messed up. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> I like that one. They could be here now. Bowie was an alien. Great music from space. Oh, I like that one too. Mm. All right, I didn't like the Radiohead one. That was that was just that was cruel. That was cruel. It hurt my feelings really bad. And every Radiohead fan out there is now... It's, it's impossible to hurt the feelings of a Radiohead fan <laughs> because, because we don't you have, have no feelings. <laughs> Beautiful. Well done. Okay. All right. Let's just get to the... We'll just ag- agree to disagree. Danny. 
Rich. Are you fully vaccinated? Yes, sir, I am. Well, you are. Well, good for you. You know what? What? (laughs) I can have a Radiohead album. (laughs) When you go to Eminem Brewing, you don't have to wear a mask. Oh, that's awesome. Danny. Rich. Do you believe that the (laughs) pandemic is over and 100% behind us? Hell no. Of course not. Me neither. Neither neither does the management at Eminem Brewing. Now, I know we're supposed to be pretty much done with this thing by now, and, and, and... but there's this Delta variant of the COVID-19 virus, which, by the way, is now, according to the CDC, the dominant strain of COVID-19 in the United States of America. Wow. And it's because people don't want to get vaccinated. Um, And for those of you who actually care about public health uh, and and safety, you know, like me, the the Delta strain, it's it's making us nervous. It's concerning. Right? Yeah, okay. So the, the management at Imminent Brewing is going to ask those of you who are not yet fully vaccinated, and by fully vaccinated, I mean two weeks removed from the shot that would complete the vaccine cycle, then we're going to ask you to wear a mask. If you're not there, please wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no way to enforce this rule, so it comes down to personal responsibility. As are most things. Yes, you know. Including a decision on whether how you feel about certain bands. I let, okay, we'll go back to the, okay. I don't I don't make decisions. My my emotions move me to where <laughs> and and it just that's a bounces right off me, man. It just okay. there's nothing there. Um now, you could be a jerk like Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and say that you're vaccinated when you're not, although Danny you are completely I am vaccinated. absolutely yes, vaccinated. I, I know you are. I'm vaccinified. Yes, you are. You you are microchipped. <laughs> yes. You are kid B. I'm Kid B. I'm no, I'm Kid D. Oh, okay. Ah, ah, see, see what, what you I did? did? There? Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Okay, but what does that say about your character if you're going to lie about it? Being oh, vaccinated? that means I'm crap. What does that say about your integrity? That's also crap. Thing is, no one's going to ask you if you're vaccinated. If you aren't wearing a mask, we're just going to assume that you are. If you're going to lie about it, well, then may the force be with you. You know what? That's just between you and your God. Yes. All right. Anyway. Um, I would say we're now about like 90% back uh, to business as usual mm-hmm. at, at, at Imminent Brewing. They're, they're still operating at 85% capacity, but there was last live music last week. I know. John Manners, man. My God, was that good for the soul. Just to, just to yeah. see John Manners playing again, to hear him play that guitar. Yeah. It was great. And there will be live music again next week. Wow. Uh, jazz, baby. Really? Uh, yeah. J.C. Uh, Sanford and, uh, and his uh, Imminent Trio, actually. But we'll, uh, we'll, we're going to talk about all that next week. Um, and you know what? Pretty much everything else is is the way it's been for four years. Even the mugs are back now, uh, you know, minus that pandemic year. Anyway, Dragon Squirrel, Dragon Squirrel Juicy IPA, Cannon River Pale Ale, Wolf Creek IPA, Session Mark Hill Wheat, Zombie Palm Sour Ale, which is in the growler that's, that I that's have. That's the one you gave me, right? That's the one closest to a, like, it's not at all, but it's the closest thing to a wine cooler that I could find for you. <laughs> well, you know, that was college. <laughs> Lockwood Pre-Prohibition Style Lager, and Rumination Brown Ale. Tomorrow it's El Jefe, uh, the taco truck at, at Eminent nice. Brewing. Uh, Saturday it's the glorious return of Maria's Taco Hut. Sunday it's Potter's Pasties. Eminent Brewing is open 4 to 8 on Thursdays, 4 to 9 on Fridays, 2 to 9 on Saturdays when I'm usually there, and 2 to 7 on Sundays, except, uh, blah, 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 blah. except not then. It's open on Sunday, 2 to 7. Okay. 2 to 7 on Sunday. Okay. We got, we, okay. Two to seven on Sunday. As always, all the information you need can be found on their website at imminentbrewing.com. Very nice. Very nice. 
So next, we're going to have one of my... I really like this band. And you're going to go and say, well, you like every band. This is a strange band, admittedly. I, the Flaming Lips. I, I love I, them. I, I have nothing... To, I don't listen to a lot of Flaming Lips, but I yeah. have nothing against Flaming Lips. Yeah, Wayne known, Coyle is, is, oh, a, is a great character in music. He, yeah. I mean, they're known a lot for... Well, they had the song... Um, oh, now I forgot it again. Pink uh, uh, sashimi and the pink robot or whatever the heck it's called. Yoshimi. Yeah, Yoshimi. Um, anyhow, um, the they're known for the song uh, "Waiting on Superman" from okay. the Lost or from the Soft Parade. It's not Soft Parade. Soft Bulletin. God, I'm just losing it. Anyhow, love this band. They're known as the Flips. This is a bonus track from their 2009 album "Embryonic," and it's called "UFOs Over Baghdad." Love. I saw them on this tour. I've I've actually seen them like four times now. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. They're they put on a wonderful show. Does, does Wayne Coyle get in the plastic yes, ball? Yes. The every, last time I saw it seems like every time I've seen him, he hops in this giant plastic ball and rolls out over Walks the audience. Walks out over the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a show. The thing that really impresses me: the first time that I saw them, they played at the State Fair. If yeah. you can get your head around yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyhow. The band comes out. They had followed Sonic Youth, okay? Yeah. So it was a great double bill. And here's Wayne Coyne out there with the crew helping to tape and mark all the stuff. Nobody in the audience realized that, hey, that's the lead singer. That's, that's the leader of the band. And he's doing a real punk rock thing, which is the DIY stuff of yeah. taping down his own equipment and doing all that just like all the other roadies. He's his own tech. Yeah, he is. And, yeah, I just I love that. I love that. So here is uh, the song UFOs Over Baghdad on KYMN Radio 95.1, The One.
from his science fiction album. That is Tom Bailey uh, with science, science, fiction. science fiction. Actually, first, that album came out in 2018. 2018. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday, yesterday morning was the first time I actually heard that song. Oh, yeah? And I, 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 I texted you right away. I'm like, dude, there is no mistaking Tom Bailey. No, that that sounded like a Thompson Twins song. It does. It's, it's if yeah. you're a fan of the Thompson Twins, I gotta recommend that album, the whole science fiction record. It's it'll be right up your alley. Yeah, and I love the Thompson Twins. I know you do. Yeah. So you do. when you the first ridiculous statement you ever made to me, <laughs> oh no, was that this was, is back in 1987? I'm sure. Yeah, was that Tom Bailey was on the same level as like Billy Joel and. Yeah, I know. Dylan he's he's guys. still high up on my favorites list, but that that summer of '87, that um, whatever that the close to the bone album, yeah. I played that back and forth. Summer of '87 was like a heartbreak year for me, yeah, and so I was like, Thompson Twins, get me through this, and then the song "Long Goodbye" and all that kind of stuff. That yeah. was that beautiful piano and yeah. that sound and stuff like that. Well, so I was, yeah, I'm glad you were. Yeah, I, to I was it. a mess. I, I was, I was a mess when I first met. Summer you. of '87. I was actually dating a girl who was a huge Thompson Twins fan. I, I, I took That's her. Right. I took her to you and I were at the same show. Yeah, and I, I heard you uh, screaming and I was, uh, I was revolution. In like, you I was in play. like the third row yeah. and. Paley is like right in front of me and I start screaming play revolution play revolution because that was on the um, yeah. here's the future days album yeah. and I started shouting it really loud and a couple I, other people started doing it and you were a couple rows behind me yeah, I heard and that, that was that yeah. was right you yeah. heard me start that yeah, chant I did anyway and they they did they play, did play it they did play because he looked down at me and he's like okay we're getting a couple so and they did it and yeah, yeah. I thought that was awesome um, anyway and I broke up with that girl in the summer of 87 <laughs> and close to the bone just kind of I mean, there, that are, just, that, there are there are, there are, there are better times than there are better on some. That was just the one that it was new and. But long goodbye is a good song. Anyway, it's a very good song. Um, where are we going? What's next? Oh, oh, another another one of your songs. Rapture. No, is not no, one no, of no, my songs. That's right. The, the song after this. Yeah. One of um, Blondie. Debbie Harry. Mm-hmm. Recently turned seventy six years old. That's not right. It's just it's, not, it's impossible. She and still, still looks great. Oh, she's just she's hot fantastic. As hell. Yeah, I she's amazing. Of course, we're now in her mid fifties. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm still fifteen. You hit middle age before me. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah, but yeah, I know. I know. Somebody will be going. Oh, he's so old. Rap. The first yes. first first time I think a lot of people heard rap. Yeah, I think so. Probably would have been on this uh, this mm-hmm. song, and it's not great rap. No, it's you not. Know, but and, and, you know, but it's it's something, and it's uh, it's it's interesting, and you know, I mean, Blondie man, Fab Five Freddy, Fab Five Freddy, exactly right. But the thing, one of the things I love about Blondie was, you know, they're sort of pegged as a new wave band, mm-hmm. right? But man, they could take that and pivot it so many different directions, like Heart of Glass. Disco is disco, man, and maybe the great greatest of all disco songs, mm-hmm. "Heart of Glass." And you know, this isn't this is not hip hop, but there's yeah. there's rap in this, and they 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 were not afraid to go outside of the boundaries. No, and no, go outside of the lines. You know, and they had stuff like "Ripper to Shreds," and you know, some of these yeah. that just sounded like, what is this? And right. these this is all the same band. Yeah, seriously, get their greatest hits record. And listen to it, and you'll hear all of these things, Crazy. and go, "This is nuts!" They skip and hop all over genres. Yep. It makes them a wonderful yep. band, and yep. of course, I've got to love them for many, many reasons. But yeah. well, <laughs> I have—I've never seen Blondie live, and I can't. I, I've got to go and see them sometime. 
even at 76 years old. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, from 1980, uh, here's the, this is the man from Mars and uh, Blondie and Rapture on 95.1 KYM. <laughs>
Cause the man from Mars won't eat up bars where the TV's on. Now he's gone back up to space where he would have a hassle with the human race. Sang hip hop and don't stop, just blast off. Sure shot, cause the man from Mars stopped eating cars and eating bars. And now he only eats guitars. Yeah! <laughs>
the mighty Trench Reznor and his band Nine Inch Nails with The Beginning of the End. Danny, that was one of your songs. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Really it is a good song. song. And I know that you had made a joke. Sounds like the Knacks at the beginning. The opening drums. It's yeah. the same as my Sharon. Um, yeah. There's something about Nine Inch Nails. And in some ways, they're a band that people either will get into or not. I feel the same way about them as I kind of do about Radiohead. This is from the Year Zero album uh, that came out in 2007, and it's the opening track. It's a whole concept record. Um, so once again, I've play, I'm playing nothing but concept albums because that's science well, fiction. Well, right? I mean, all, all these science fiction, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. They, they, they lend them science fiction lends itself to concept albums. Absolutely, you know, and. and Anyhow, I mean, the thing, Tommy, the wall, yeah, I mean, you know, the thing that I liked about this is when they first were coming out with this record, they alluded to bits and pieces, and the Nine Inch Nails, they they do kind of some strange things. They left hidden thumb drives, in they would do a show for the current album that they had, and they put out thumb drives, yeah, um, and they would hide them in the various venues, like you could go to the bathroom and then in the toilet roll. All of a sudden, you're pulling it down, and a thumb drive would pop out. And then the, they always knew that when a thumb drive came out and it had some kind of piece, it could be a piece of music, it could be some artwork, it could be some kind of bizarre statement, somebody would post it on the internet. My my theory was always that I think it was Nine Inch Nails that actually posted it on the internet, sure. you know, something like that. And this album, I even told you about this. Yeah, I, when it did. came out on CD... We, we, I remember you telling me about standing out in front of the Metrodome. We were having a conversation oh, about Oh, was that? Yeah. And so anyhow, you, you take the CD for Year Zero, and it's it's all black, okay? And if you turn on, like, your stove, and I'm dead serious, and you get some heat towards it, all of a sudden the black fades away, and you get an email address, you get a phone number, you get all kinds of stuff. And I remember taking a photograph of this, and then if you called the phone number, you got... This secret agency that that was all part of the year zero thing, saying, "Congrat, you have just called such and such. With this, we are now tracking you. We are now doing this, and and it brought you into the world, this dystopian world that was existing in year zero. So it took you as a listener and put you actively in the story itself, and you could go through the album through that angle." And if you logged onto the website, you got the same thing. This flashing, we have now tracked you. We have now tracked you. This is zero. This is year zero. See, it, it was for me as a science fiction guy. I flipped out. I loved the whole thing. That to me encompasses really what is the magic of music in general. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you make people feel like they belong to something, mm-hmm. whenever you f- make people feel like they're part of a community, um, they're going to appreciate it. Yes, it is. It, it, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And even uh, if it's some weird dystopian Trent Reznor thing. Yeah, you know. Um, and a lot of bands that have really hit on me don't just. It's like the bands hit on me. Okay, right, yeah. You well, know, you are pretty cute. Oh, thanks. But the bands that really make an impact to me work on multimedia. So it's not just a music piece. There's some artwork that's associated with it. There's some kind of computer technology. There's the visual elements. There's the video elements. That's why the 1975 appear to me. You know, they put out modernity. Modernity is dead. And they put it all over Manchester a couple of months before the record even comes out so that they put out little clues. 
I love that. I love when there's mystery in music. Everything's your, so obvious. Your love for the 1975 is what permanently affixes the title of world's oldest teenager to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But yeah. I love those things that are as much art projects as they are music projects. So, that was the nine that was 9 inch nails. That's my whole take. Well, folks, that's going to just about do it for this here edition of The Weekly List. If you like the show, you can go find us on our website at kymnradio.net. We have a program page on there under The Weekly List, and I've got all the old shows archived if you want to hear more. You want to hear Rich and I fight over just about everything, pick any of them. Um, especially the Monsters of Rock show. That one was pretty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you, want to, uh, you can podcast us. Stitcher. Stitcher. <laughs> Also, Google and Spotify and Apple and all anywhere else you'd like to get a podcast. You can get us on, on uh, you can podcast us. Just go look for the KYMN Radio Podcast. Right. Uh, or you can find us on Facebook uh, under The Weekly List, where I post every new show every Friday morning. Um, and as long as you're on Facebook, go like the KYMN Facebook page. Absolutely. Go like the Imminent Brewing Facebook page. And, uh, yeah. And if you're going to be on Facebook, go like the Radiohead Facebook page. If you have no soul, sure, go ahead. Okay. Well, I just thought I'd, I'd try to calmly slide that in. You know who doesn't like Radiohead? Aside from you? James Brown. Okay. He's the godfather of soul. Okay. Or was the godfather of soul. Yeah. Okay. I've got. I love James Brown. I know you do. Because I love everything. You do. You like everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just talking so calmly and flat. I know. So am I. Because, this is, this because, is the civilist because we're, discussion because about... Because we're, we're talking about Radiohead, and Radiohead mm -hmm. inspires no emotion in me because they give me no emotion. <laughs> so... You, um, don't give, you know who does, though? Neil inspire, Young. Neil Young. And, 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 and maybe... maybe uh, Neil might not be the most obvious choice for a science fiction. No. Movie. At first, I had to think about it, and then I went... Oh, that's right. This, yeah, I can, it, it happens at the end. This is the prettiest song ever about leaving the planet because this planet sucks. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. You yeah. Know. And this was in 1971. Yeah, this is. No, 1970 maybe. No, yeah. 71. Because we are celebrating this year. We are celebrating oh, the, 50th right, the 50th anniversary of After the Gold Rush. Right. Yes. And, you know, so I'm, so the whole radio thing, uh, the Radiohead thing, that's, that's why I'm getting banished next week, right? Because you told me I'm I'm not here next week. No, you're you're getting banished. You're not even getting banished next week. We've just we've got a special guest next That's week true. to do a, a, a special show that we're gonna. This is an annual thing yeah, now for the this week is very weeks. important. And that's actually, I mean, we're we're gonna talk about uh, this uh, this uh, organization called Save, uh, which is. Um, um, uh, a suicide prevention. Awareness. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah. And uh, and we're gonna have a special guest, and uh, we're gonna play some uh, hopeful songs, some optimistic good, songs. Good, yeah. You yeah. know, so anyway. I'll I'll be back in two weeks. I'm gonna spend my my time paying penance in the penalty box. Um, I don't care that you like Radiohead. I mean, I kind of feel <laughs> bad for you because I want you to have a soul. <laughs> I but, do have a soul, but you like Radiohead. <sighs> okay, well, I you know what? My soul is evolving. If you like the first two Radiohead albums, then you've got a soul. But then, if you like all this other stuff, it just, it just, it just. All right, so so we're going to play and close out with uh, the great, and I will admit that the great Neil Young, yep, um, with the title track to "After the Gold Rush." Um, 
This is the weekly list. This has been a blast. We've really been a geek geek squad. I hope that came across. I think it did. You know, I, I saw. I, I thought of the topic, uh, aliens and science fiction, and the first thing that popped into my mind is, oh, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, right. it was fun. This yeah. was fun. Okay. Hope everybody else had fun too. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Peace. dreamed I saw the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen there were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers split the tree there was a fanfare blowing to the sun that was floating on the I was lying in a burned out basement With the full moon in my eyes I was hoping for replacement When the sun burst through the sky There was a band playing in my head And I felt like getting high thinking about what a friend had said I was hoping it was a lie thinking about what a friend had said I was hoping it was a Silver
Thanks for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN radio podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety. 